We're back! This episode of Fire the Cannon is brought to you by Pickle Smash. Look, it is a pickle salsa. And yeah, no, you heard that right. It's a salsa made from pickles, y'all. Really, this stuff is incredible. I love it so much. It's amazing as a salsa or as a marinade or as a salad dressing or so many other ideas. Like it, it is, it, this stuff is just mind blowing. So Check them out. It's picklesmash.com. Enter code FANCY10 at checkout, and you guys get 10% off just for listening to Fire the Cannon. So again, check them out. Pickle Salsa. It's made right here in Austin, Texas. So delicious. You have to check them out. Again, that's code FANCY10 when you check out at picklesmash.com. It is absolutely delicious. Welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon. I'm Rocky. I'm Hannah. And I'm Megan, and this is Fire the Cannon. All right, y'all. So there's a little bit of news going on in the Texas world right now. So of course, you know, we have got to cover all things Sark. Welcome to the 40, Coach Sark. We're excited to have you here. We're going to go over hires. We're going to go over potential names. We're going to go over player reactions, fan reactions, and how much we have pissed off the rest of the college world with this hire. And of course, we got to talk a little bit about men's basketball and how that's going. So without further ado, y'all, we're going to jump right in. And because we have so much to talk about, we're going to give you bonus episodes with a part two that'll drop tomorrow. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We are Fire the Cannon. All right, y'all. So huge news, of course, Twitter and the news cycle has just been going crazy. Coach Sark is on the 40. How are y'all feeling about it? It's been a whirlwind. I, you know, just for the fans, I can't imagine being he, him and his wife. He wins the national title. He's early up the next day flying to Austin. He hits the ground running as soon as he gets here. They have a full schedule of plan for him like I know I'm exhausted just listening to that like imagine him but it's also exciting Rocky what do you think so we had the press conference right well, initially we had that weird zoom meet and greet thing so we had an official real press conference and he's now wearing Texas orange gear on national television it's exciting we'll talk about it you know his press conference what he had to say I'm still I'm trying not to get um, the same coach speak we hear all the time, right? It's hard not to swallow it whole because it seems so exciting and just get drunk off the Kool-Aid, right? But there's a difference in his speech to me because I felt like he's really humble and he's ready to go to work. And I've listened to the press conference a few times and he said the word humble slash humility and work so many times. So I, yeah. I feel like he understands the that this isn't like he said himself this he hasn't arrived he's just now here to work and I, I'm I'm excited to see the staff he's putting together I'm excited the way everybody's responding he seems he seems like he understands the weight of this job yeah, yeah. look I'll say when and I've said this before when we first made the hire 
I was a little underwhelmed. I didn't know a ton about him, but I know, you know, from a lot of folks that are behind the scenes, Sark was pretty high up there. He was not, you know, he was, when Meyer wasn't a thing, Sark was one of the first people that was on the list. You know, uh, my initial reaction was like, ah, shit, here we go again. We've got, we're hiring a guy that, you know, he's an OC. He does have some head coaching experience. You know, I was, I was a little apprehensive about it, but I got to say the, the moves he's been making, the more I hear from him, the more I learn about him and the more I watch him make these baller ass hires, I'm excited, man. And I'm, I'm full on drinking the Kool-Aid. Like I'm in every year I say, I'm not going to be, but I'm really excited about this watching what he's been doing and the staff that he's been putting together it feels different. And look, I know we've all been burned. We've all said this before, but it really does. Rocky, to your point, listening to him at that, at his presser, I mean, he was, he was poised, but there was that humility, right? There was that humbleness that he was coming. There's a difference between being confident and humble and having just a whole bunch of swagger to make up for a lack of confidence. And I, and I think you're seeing those two styles really in stark contrast right now between, you know, a, a Herman presser and a Sark presser. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm all in, I'm excited. I'm pumped up. And, and again, watching the national championship and watching our football players respond real time as they're watching Sark's offense. I mean, I was pretty surprised with the broadcasts as we're watching they're talking about Sark more than they're talking about Saban, right? And they so did. There, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of coverage there, and getting to watch our players react real time to that got me even more hyped about it. There was a lot of positive reactions. You can just tell this man, like, they're fired up. Let's go. Let's do this. That was cool to watch. We haven't had that in a few years. So fingers crossed. You know, I'm excited. What did y'all think when you were watching watching the Natty with our, our new head coach calling all the plays? Um. He has the most electric offense and plays play designs really that I have ever seen in my life. A lot of that definitely is contributed to these just stellar athletes, no question. But there's an excitement there, and you've got guys like Bijan tweeting like he's just beaming. I mean, like, and this is a smiley guy anyway who cannot even like contain their excitement. He's like, "Ooh, this is fun." Yeah, Bijan's smile was was he is pumped. Bijan's ceiling is so high and like it, he's a humble kid. We get that. But I also know he knows he's talented. He's watching this kind of almost like chomping at the bit. So yeah, like I, again, I don't want to get too like, oh, we're going to, we're going to win the natty next year. I don't want to go that. Or, no, I, you know, and I don't think anybody's saying that, but uh, Megan, I think you said this um, earlier yesterday, a couple of days ago, there's something that feels a little different, a little different this time around. I think when they hired Tom Herman, it was kind of like an overcorrection of all the things that Charlie didn't do right. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. And, and so we went and got the hot newcomer. But, and then this guy, he knows what he's doing. It wasn't the splashy hire, but I think it's going to end up being the solid one. Yeah, Rocky, what are your thoughts on it? So he talked about putting players first and building authentic relationships. Right. And it's coming out more and more now that maybe Herman didn't have genuine authentic relationships with people. And it wasn't until they were in the transfer portal that he's like, oh, what? You don't want to be here? Um, so th- there was some, um, it's come, you know, we even had 
player, Brennan Eagles, who tweeted, hey, Sark, go out and get you some genuine relationships or authentic word he used. Yeah, that was um, some relationships. Oh, and Eagles is gone, right? He's already Eagles, signed. He's, he's gone, yes. He's, he's yeah. out of the program. But they've made it clear that they didn't feel um, that Tom Herman had genuine relationships with them. And whether or not that got to Sark or not, but he, it seems like to to Sarkeesian himself, and he says his name is Sarkeesian, uh, to Sar- Sarkeesian himself, he said, I'm here to build relationships. The rest will come. We're here to put in the work. The rest will come. We're here to have, you know, discipline and, and, and put my players in the best position on and off the field. The, the wins will come. But he did say, like all coaches say when they come to a new com- new school, we're here to win championships. Right, right. And I don't know if I want to say yay or oh my God, but he seems like he's been, he's okay. So he's, was, he's under the school of Pete Carroll and Nick Saban. He did, like you said, Megan earlier, he has the head coaching experience. He has coached in the NFL too. Um, so he's been around professionals that know how to get this done. Um, so, and he's very vocal about what he's learned from his own mistakes when he was young, rising, the things he took on that he shouldn't have taken on, his personal issues that he had to overcome. But it seems like he really genuinely cares about people and, and has been humbled by his own, his own mistakes and his own experiences that I feel like that makes it, this all more about football, which is why his football will be even better. Yeah, you know, to that point, it it really comes across, you know, he's very open about his recovery. He's very open about his uh, successes and his failures in the past and how that brought him to where he is now. And honestly, I I really like the idea that that genuineness that he brings being open and playing that all playing out in the public eye. I think that gives him the ability to go into living rooms and be honest with families and say, look, I'm not going to throw rainbows and sunshine about everything. It's not always perfect, but I've been here. I've done it. I, I've, I've lived through the ups and downs and I believe in genuine relationships. I believe in like, this is who I am as a person. You know me because I've lived this out publicly. Right. And I think that's going to play out better than a lot of people think. I, I really, I really feel that that will give him a level of authenticity that we haven't seen in the past, you know, we kind of brought up some reactions and, and Rocky, you mentioned it's coming out now that Herman perhaps wasn't as genuine about the relationship building as would have been good. And I, and I echo that, you know, we've heard from a lot of families uh, after the fact that they were sold one thing and the reality was very different. And look, we know that happens at other programs. There's no question, right? Uh, of course, it is a sales process. That being said, I think there are some coaches that do really well with living up with what they promise and some coaches that don't. And I think we're finding out more and more. And from what we're hearing from families more and more is what was what was told and what was sold are, are different things than what actually happened. Um, and I don't think we're going to see that w- with with this current staff, which is encouraging, right? Of course, it's all speculation right now. We don't know. We haven't lived it. We haven't seen it. But everything that I've I've seen and I've heard from from Coach Sarkeesian right now has really suggested that genuine relationships and authenticity are at the core of everything that he does. Uh, and I think that's going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, shifts that we've seen uh, between these two head coaches. Yeah. 
So I'm definitely excited about that. One thing I wanted to note too, you know, Rocky, you mentioned he talked bringing that work ethic. I'm ready to go to work. We're going to get to work. You got to put in the work. He, he hit that on the head a lot. And I really liked what he did in his initial presser. He's a teacher, man. And it's, that's one of those techniques to get something to sink in. You have to repeat it at least three times. And I will say the really important points, the work ethic coming in with humility. He mentioned all of those several times. I mean, it was three, four, five, six, seven times that you're hearing this. These are messages that he wants to get across. And to me, that style suggests that he is not just a salesman. He's an incredible teacher. And that's really what we need, you know, not to be looked overlooked either. He mentioned the donors several times too. So, you know, we brought this up earlier, Rocky, you mentioned it earlier. I really think that he's coming into this Texas job, eyes wide open. You know, it's been mentioned several times when Texas comes calling, you don't say no. That being said, I think some of our previous hires, I will say Charlie Strong for sure, didn't necessarily know fully what he was getting into. I think Tom had an idea, but he didn't fully understand the power that the donors held. Everything I heard from from Coach in this presser suggests to me that being at USC, being at Alabama, he knows exactly what those donors mean and how much pull they have. And he mentioned it several times. So I'm I'm excited for that that teaching element that he's showing early and the fact that it sure as hell sounds like he knows exactly what he's getting into with this Texas job. Right. You have to kiss the rings for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's part of the job. Get their support. Yeah. Um, I would also go, go even further and say he knows not just who the donors are. He knows who he is. And that's, uh, this isn't a place, and this was... Uh, not to get off track, but it's one of the things that people were bothered with shock is like he was learning on the job how to be a coach or you can't go to a big time program and figure yourself out. You need to know who you are and what you stand for and what, you know, he talks about growing, changing, evolving, you know, never settling all the time, but you have to still come in with who am I as a coach? I feel like he knows who and what he is as a coach, Yeah. Um, but he's humble enough to know the marks always moving though. So he needs to always be challenging himself to be better. Right. Yeah. The, the open checkbook, right? We've yeah. seen that with, with some of the hires. I do want to say facilities wise, do you think he's going to come in kind of like Tom did and hope to God he doesn't swing the, the hammer. like <laughs> Fumble the hammer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Texas made, and, and you've got to give Herman credit here. Texas made a lot of changes as far as facilities goes yeah. at Herman's request. Do you think there are other things that can be improved? I mean, they're talking about the bubble. My God, that thing's outdated. Uh, <laughs> what do y'all is. think about that? Do you think you think Sark's going to come in and say, hey, let's fix these things? Or do you think that's not as much of a priority to him? I think it's on the list, probably. It's not top priority, especially since, you know, in the last five years, we got a brand spanking gorgeous locker room. We have an entire new South End Zone facility. We've got the Bebo Boulevard. Now, and these are all things that just are part of the game day experience for fans or the players. Um, but it also helps toward recruiting. I think that uh, Sarkeesian's main focus is getting this program up to stuff and then he's going to work. I mean, it, it, the bubble is crap. We all know this. It's been crap for quite some time. It but was great right when it was built, but it's yeah, yeah, it, it was no supposed to be temporary. 20 years later, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but at the end of the day, does it really like 
gender practice like too terribly? Or are they still going to be able to do and produce and get these guys trained up and ready to go on Saturday? Yeah. yeah you know what I, I mean? So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the bubble, I think, is more something that fans are talking about right now. I think there's an, an eyesore, but. Yeah. I mean, I think there's enough hype around uh, Sarkeesian and the staff that he's building. And Texas has enough. You know, Hannah, you mentioned the South End Zone. That's going to be completed this year. So that to me, there's enough of a push there that I don't think that something like the mini bubble is going to be a problem. I actually had kind of forgotten about the crappy bubble until, I mean, because I've been so like distracted by the South End Zone and the locker, you know, all of those things. I'm like, well, what else is, oh yeah. Now I do think it's something that we'll see in the next two, three years, get some updates, but I don't know that that happens super, super quick. No. Um, So, I mean, you mentioned getting his staff together right off the bat where he likes like his this higher spoke volumes to me is that well both charlie strong and tom herman i remember yeah there was excitement when they got hired but then when we started hearing who they were bringing on it was kind of like what huh well i think and and behold they I think herman had some hype but that was because he was real loyal and he brought a lot of the guys that that he had with him at houston right i think there was a lot of question of do they fit in at texas can this entire staff really adapt to the enormity of the yeah. job at newsflash? Well, I didn't. think they were a good group of five ended up looking like they were a good, gr- solid, great group of five coaching, uh, coaching staff, but it didn't translate consistently to be great power five level yeah. uh, coaching staff. And I know that a lot of them already got power five jobs everywhere else, but um, I'm, I guess what, when you're, the way I was thinking about it early, earlier when I was on my walk today, I was like, you know, it's kind of like if you're a, a cook at Applebee's, you might be the best Applebee's cook, but now we're at a five-star steakhouse right. and we need you to bring your five-star chefs with you. Right. Not, not Jimmy from the dishwasher. <laughs> like, no, he might be the best dishwasher, but he's not the five-star chef. So I, I feel like that. maybe it's, this is another level. And when you have a blank check, like you said, Megan, when you have a blank check and you, I, I don't like the comfort hires or whatever. If you feel you have a qualified buddy who happens to be your friend and they've and you've been working with them and they know you know the system and you know each other and you know how you like to run, you know, he brought Orlando, he brought Yancey, he brought um, all the this, this staff that he felt was going to help him get, get moving, get running, get, you know, get hit the ground running. Um, the difference I think here with Sark is yes, he's bringing half of Alabama staff with him. That's amazing. But also he has, connections in the NFL all across the top level of power five um, coaching staffs. So he can pull from so many different places to get the right combination. And he talked about not getting just the best, right. But getting the pieces that fit together. Right. Um, I heard that reference, right. Like old puzzle. Like it's, you can't, you can't force pieces that don't fit. Right. So he's going to take his time to get the pieces that he fit. He feels fit together the best so that yeah, and and look let's talk about him keeping you know we've got Drayton on which I think was a huge yes I, I think to me when he kept Stan Drayton to me that was like all right he gets it he understands Texas he understands the connections that Drayton has and how much he's done for recruiting for Texas. Drayton looks pumped yeah, <laughs> man, he's he's stoked. You know, we're seeing Coleman even is yep. is tweeting out some stuff. So that's that's pretty much a done deal. Looking looking like it is. He's excited. You know, and I thought the move to bring Blake Gideon back to Texas, I thought was solid. 
Gideon's been been posting on Instagram how excited he is for his son to be back in Austin. We talked about there. Gideon at the beginning of the semester, right? At the beginning of the football mm-hmm. season that we were loving the way he was up and coming as a coach. Absolutely. I mean, and he did some, and Gideon got some great experience in the SEC. He knows what it takes. He understands Texas on a level that I, I think a lot can't because he played here. He gets it. He understands every every angle of what it means to be at Texas so I loved that hire I'm, I'm pumped to have him back yes of course y'all we got to talk about flood right like oh, oh, yeah. oh can we just take a, a moment little, uh, I got a little hot ourselves yeah. here <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, shocked. I'm shocked and we had messaged each other about this earlier I'm I'm what I'm so grateful and excited to have not just they're the Bama staff, but they are the top recruiters, you know, the people, the uh, coaches he's bringing in, top recruiters, they're who's who of oh, offensive coaching. They have snagged and stolen and thieved all of our best players for the last few years right. um, to leave the state. They know what it takes, not just to coach them up, but to develop them, to get them into the NFL after they've taken the best athletes. Like they, they've got it going on. And, you know, this, um coach flood they've won the award for the best o-line of the country like these are top-notch top-notch consistently good coaches so how can you not be excited about and then yeah banks the tight ends and special teams coach also from alabama yeah found out today it's official he's he's joining uh, as well and uh, special teams is tricky and we know that probably better than anybody as texas fans here as of late, um, excited about that hire too. It would be good to see more, find a way to use our tight ends more. That would be exciting. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And I mean, we again, get flashes of tight end play. Yeah, well, look, I want to see Wiley just like light it up, man. I'm excited. He is all over social media too. Excited. Let me lose. Here we go. Let's get to work. Yeah, I love it. Well, and again, kind of touching base on flood again. I mean, we all know. Mm-hmm we have the pieces, right? Like there's been a lot of talk about, you know, there's been a, a lot of opposing fan bases that have said, oh, well, it doesn't matter your coaches because the talent level is so different. I don't understand why Texas fans are so excited. The talent level is so different at Alabama and Texas. And I would argue that, man. Like we, yes, we all know Bama is stacked. They got four and five stars sitting on the bench. I get that. But, you know, I, Texas is not that far behind. I think 24-7 released a report. Bama was at number two most talented. It was Georgia, Bama, uh, I think Clemson. And then Texas was right there at number four. So we are not that far behind. Where the glaring issue is, and anybody that even knows a half a fart about football can identify this with Texas, the O-line has been problematic for us for years. We've always been great at getting those specialized positions. We've always been great at the four and five star, you know, flashy positions, but damn, we have not got the fat boys. We just don't. And, and I think that getting flood is going to be one of the most important hires that Sarkeesian has made because that changes everything. We have the talent at every other position, but if you can't protect your quarterback, if you can't give your guys enough time to let a play develop, if you can't get your running backs, these gaping holes to, to run through, it doesn't matter how flashy your offense is shit isn't getting done. So I'm really excited about this flood hire. And I'm hoping this means that we can poach 
some potential, you know, commitments, some potential players. I'm wondering if, do you think flood goes the route of trying to get players to decommit and, and commit to Texas? Or do you think he goes the route of maybe looking at some Juco players that, that could be, I think help immediately and up front. What are you? Um, I think actually those two things, it's a little both plus really like scouring over the portal and seeing who he can pick up there. Um, because we need, we need some help right away. I think that you said it's been a weakness. It kind of still is. We need some talent and, and Herb Hand was not the best recruiter. We all know that. Um, so it's like, okay, how can I maximize this going into next year? Like right away. And I think, yeah, you said um, maybe, I don't, I don't know that he'll try to get some D de- not. Yeah. Decommits or whatever, or like try to steal. Cause that's, I don't know. That's kind of crappy, but he might. Um, but yeah, you said Juco and then just really like hitting the portal and like going over that and just seeing who's available and then like going and recruiting them. Here's Sark in the press conference on the 12th. Here he is talking about the roster that he's inheriting. I think we've got a very talented, good young roster. Clearly, uh, we had some some close losses a year ago, so there's talent here. Our job is to continue to develop it so we can overcome some of those tight losses and get ourselves into a championship game and see where we can go from there from a playoff standpoint. The talent is there. Close losses. I mean, we we pulled our hair out in those close losses because it's frustrating when you come out to the field and you know you're you know starting 22 is more talented, more athletic, faster, bigger than the other 22, and you lose. That, right. like he said, we're going to out-coach and out-prepare. Um, and he also talked about staying cutting edge, staying changing, updating. So I feel like with the coach, like you said, Coach Flood, bringing him in, and they know each other. They've been working well together. They know how, especially during, like you mentioned, during the championship game, they talked a lot about how that system runs through that big, strong, smart O-line. Um, and so if he's got this system that's, you know, motions before and after the snaps and he's tr- putting people in the, all these people in the best position to outsmart and out trick and, and, and disguise these plays, he needs an O-line that can move and are physical and are smart and flood knows how to how to scout that, how to recruit that, how to develop that, how to coach that. That's going to make all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something that there's been a, a noticeable difference, right? I think it's one of the things that I've noticed about Sarkeesian's players, his offense. He doesn't just recruit, and Rocky, you hit the nail on the head. He doesn't just recruit the, the, the super talented guys, right? The ones that have the build and that have the ability. He's looking for smarts. And I think that's one thing where Alabama really excels above everyone else right now is every player at every position is smart as hell. They're football smart. They know exactly where to be. They know what to do when things break down. They know how to check down. They know how to, to make adjustments when needed. Those football smarts are something that I think not every coach necessarily recruits for. And from what I'm seeing, that seems to be Sarkeesian's kind of specialty, right? Flood too. Exactly like you said, you're not just getting big dudes up front. You're getting big dudes that know where to be 
how to make a play work and why the play works. So I, I think that's going to be a really important shift that we see. And again, that's not knocking the guys that we have now, but we, we all know that our players have not been living up to what we need an O-line to be. So I'm excited to see that change. Uh, and I'm hoping that's something that we see shift quickly. Uh, and, and that's something that has an immediate impact. Uh, of course, again, we can all agree that that's probably the most desperate need for Texas right now is smart guys, big guys up front that can, that can make everything work and everything work together. So. Well, he says, as long as he stays cutting edge, players are going to want to play for him. And then when they see the success on the field, they're going to buy in. So hopefully they can put it all together enough. They're going to get pretty much better off season than the t- than the coaching staff got last year. Cause you know, hopefully by then the players are vaccinated or, you know, COVID protocol is in full swing. Everybody knows what they're doing now. Um, they'll be able to, they just went through a season with COVID. Like they'll be able to have a closer to normal off season than anything right. that happened last year. Right. They can start installing. He said they spent this whole last year, Bama teaching this offense over zoom. So they, I think, yeah. But again, that goes back to player smarts, right? Like being Mm -hmm. able to pick up a complicated offense like this via Zoom and win a national championship is pretty damn impressive. Yeah. So we we focus a lot on offense. Let's talk about our defense for just real quick. We know there's a lot of pieces that still have to fall in place. We've had some names come up. You know, we've, we've, we heard Bo Davis was in for sure. It's definitely Bo Davis. And then wait, maybe not so much <laughs> Bo Davis, you know, Dan Quinn was floated for a little bit and then he took a job with Dallas. So he's off the table. You know, we've heard Golding, we've heard the possibility that Ash could stay. What do y'all think about that? Who do you want to see at DC? Who are you pumped up about? What do you think fits at Texas? And what do you think fits with Sarkeesian? Hannah, let's start with you. Um, obviously I've been a big fan of uh, keeping Chris Ash around. I think that uh, what the guys, what this this unit accomplished last year, they weren't flashy. They were not perfect, but there was a steady improvement. They ended up gelling well together. And I mean, by the end of the year, they were pretty damn good. I don't think anybody can argue that. Now, what it comes down to is if it's a personality fit, going back to the puzzle pieces matching together, if it's going to fit within Sarkeesian's like, scheme overall, all of those things. I, I'm very... I'm. I'm happy to hear that he's at least going to give him an interview. He likes him. He's interested in him. So that chance is there. Um, actually, about three hours ago, Orange Bloods reported that Mississippi State defensive coordinator Zach Arnett is interviewing, and there is, it was confirmed. So that's kind of brand new. That's a name I hadn't heard thrown out yet. So, yeah, um, no, that's, that's definitely new to me. Yeah, yeah, like brand spanking new. So uh, there we go. Got to look at this guy. I Mississippi State. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> off the top of my head, that's not like I don't thing. recall them being an attacking defense, but I don't watch a lot of Mississippi State. Right. Teams, well, so. yeah, yeah. Right? I'm just gonna trust that he knows what he's doing. And oh yeah, he's played against them, yeah. right? So he would have seen yep. what they pulled off. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, there was something about him that that stood out to him. So. There's that for sure. Now, one thing I will say about Ash, I agree with you, Hannah. I think he did really great things for Texas. I think, um, you know, we saw without an off season, uh, a new coach come in with new schemes, Texas, like you mentioned, steadily improved throughout the season. And I don't think anybody would argue that defense was the problem at any given point in the season. No, not overwhelming. That being said, I've got to say, I don't know that 
Ash's schemes and Ash's style of play fits in with what Sarkeesian has in mind. Um, it's a very different, you know, Rocky, you brought this up earlier. Uh, Sarkeesian is all gas, no breaks, right? It's constant attack, constant punch, constant go. That's not necessarily Ash's style. Now, that doesn't mean they can't work out together, but everything that I'm seeing, and if, if, if I had to make a bet on it right now, I'd say that Ash is, is definitely out. Um, you know, there have been some rumors with, you know, Urban Meyer. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but Urban Meyer going to the Jags. Um, there's definitely, you know, Ash is part of that Urban Meyer tree, and there's talk of Ash going to the Jaguars to, to work with Urban Meyer. And mm -hmm. I personally think that's probably more likely than him staying in Texas. I would agree it's more likely that Ash is not here than here, but I do love what he's built with the team, and I know the players are really advocated. They advocated pretty quickly. Keep Ash, not that they get a say, but um, what he was building here was definitely week-to-week -week improvement from um, from week one to week to the bowl game. Huge difference. Everybody was developing up. So I, I liked what Ash did, but I agree. If, if um, Sark is saying attack, attack, offense, defense, special teams, we attack, attack. That's not how I would describe Ash's defense as an attacking, but he did, did coach them up. Skill was good that like they were getting their basic skill level was increasing and improving every week. And I, I thought he did a good job. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's important to remember that like offense versus defense, the defense side was definitely the, the younger side. So, I mean, we had a lot of like freshmen and sophomores playing that started. And so like they, they grew up. So at the end of the day, it might not be the same style of offense that they ran last year, but they got the important game experience, which is pretty, I mean, like pretty invaluable either way. So I, I think as coach Sarkeesian looks at this unit Again, like it, it, no doubt that they're not talented, but said, okay, I can work with this. We, we can make a few tweaks here and there and turn this into like a championship competitive team. So it's exciting. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, so we'll touch on this real quick because I do want to jump into player reactions, former player reactions, uh, talk about the recruiting, how that's been affected. But you know, we are solidly building, it, it seems so far, we are building a uh, coaching staff of a lot of SEC guys. And we, we play at Arkansas this year uh, and then Bama in 22 and 23. How do y'all think uh, Saban's reacting to that, knowing that Texas is poaching a lot of their coaches and is on the schedule here pretty soon? Well, we know Saban keeps head coaches as analysts and he's stockpiled and he can move any one of his former head coaches right up to yeah. a coordinator position or a play calling position or, you know, positional coach um, like nothing. So I don't think he's too worried about having, and that's probably like one of his genius things that he does is not only does he take someone like Sark, who was a great mind thriving growing and then had a why off the road with some personal things but not only does he help rebuild someone like this and get them back on track and back into the coaching world but he's also benefiting himself right so it's a very mutual mutually benefiting relationship that he's stacking these great coaching minds and he's also helping all these coaches it's like a, he has a 
a rehab center for <laughs> coaches for rehabilitation careers, for careers yeah, yeah for Saban's home for wayward coaches right <laughs> I mean not that, not that every coach at with Saban has any you know issues but they had fallen they had failed careers that they had failures right at their like got fired and now he has all these coaches on his staff being paid to just watch third downs or yeah I, I think that that's like really the the genius that is Nick Saban is he is like none other at identifying talent and being able to pinpoint it and draw it out. Does that make sense? Like out of each individual like person and player, if you want to get at that. Um, so he's just very creative and very intuitive and very in tune with, okay, this person has something special. I'm going to maximize that and I'm going to get results fast. And so like, yeah, I, I think that he, he does that like probably better than anybody I've ever seen. So like, he, he's like a talent. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think we, it, 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 Hannah, again, you nailed it. Like that is part of his genius is he keeps really talented guys that might be a little down on their, their luck and brings them in or just in a rut really. Yeah. Or just, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. You know, let's touch real quick. Charlie strong is an analyst, right. For Bama right now. Mm-hmm. And there's some rumblings that he may have some positions open for him uh, coming up. So again, that's part of that Nick Saban rehab center for wayward coaches. I, I, I love that, that analogy there. So, yeah. So let's jump in real quick uh, and kind of talk, touch real fast on players reactions, former players and recruits, man. We've not, not that Herman did poorly in recruiting, but we all knew that this year was certainly a letdown uh, with all of the turmoil that had been going on and you know, we might've gotten a little bump here with this Sarkeesian hire. Talk to me about it. Rocky, what'd you see uh, with the player reactions and the family reactions? So the, we've had a few different player parents, um, happy, excited, tweeting, sharing photos, sharing excitement. A lot of the players have been, let's go to work. Let's get moving. We're excited. Um, And then we got right away. You said a commitment. And the coolest thing was in, Sark's press conference about a minute into his press conference he made a comment about I snagged an in-state recruitment a a commit so he knows where it's at he went right to the talk of the commitment but you know of course he can't say anybody's name but he said you know we're starting off with an in-state commitment so that was pretty exciting um Hannah what did you see this week on the excitement from players I think uh, there was definitely like an uptick in just overall guys that had either like been like somewhat interested in Texas or had kind of moved on and was really starting to focus on other programs are suddenly like, oh, oh, shiny. Like, oh, look at Texas now. Like they've got something going on here. And who knows, like the missing component, like what they maybe heard about Tom Herman and how he operates things or just like, hey, this guy literally just won a national title. <laughs> There's something building there. I, I, I just it was really almost shocking, like how quickly you started hearing like this background chatter about Texas, especially among like the recruiting world. It was quick, right? Yeah. Suddenly like Texas is, I mean, hot again. So that's. Yeah. We went, we went from a dead recruiting year to 
holy shit, we got some steam, right? We got some shimmy. We got some swagger maybe back. That's exactly why we we went ahead and made this change at coaching. I think that really that's it is because recruiting was nose diving and like you have to stop the bleeding at some point. So, yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it solely. It was I, pretty dire. <laughs> you know, I think the ego was- played into it, the misunderstanding of how the, how to work with donors. Obviously we weren't winning where we thought we should be. Uh, and yes, I mean, Hannah, to your point, I think recruiting was kind of the cherry on top. Yeah. Just the, the super effed up recruiting year that we had certainly didn't do Thomas. No, and it wasn't going in the right direction either. Suddenly it is like, right. Well, it's amazing how much, how much juice we got just from the announcement. And now as we're building steam with the hires, we're just seeing that extend. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Let's talk about Texas recruiting. Cause I went back and looked at some of the numbers of the top 20 commits the last few years. So we know um, we heard Sarkeesian say, we got to keep the best talent in Texas. That's the same thing. Tom Herman said, we got to keep the best players in Texas. Uh, when Tom Herman came in late that year, he had one top 20 commit. Sam Ellinger. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. He got, he snagged one. One. Okay. So the following year, he shut down Texas. 12 of the top 20 commits um, in Texas came uh, in Texas, came to the University of Texas. 12. The next year, three. The next year, five. This year, one. So, so the, the doors are wide open. We had Right now, I went and looked at the other rosters of the top teams. Alabama, nine kids from Texas. Ohio State, eight kids from Texas. Clemson, Notre Dame, two, four. LSU, 13 kids from Texas. And a lot of those O-linemen. So our best O-linemen are going everywhere else. In the state, right. And so this is what we can look ahead. So if Tom Herman's first full year of getting to, like, we won't count this year, of course, not at all. This next closing signing day in a few weeks. We're not going to count that against Arkeesian. But the next... 2022 commits. Um, we just got a top 20. Armani Warfield, he's a top 20 kid. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple that are leaning heavy that are crystal balled five stars to Texas now. We'll see, hopefully start conceal the deal on those. Denver Harris, cornerback, Devin Campbell, offensive guard, and a couple of uh, a couple more in the top 20 that are uh, leaning Texas. But right now in the 2022, there are seven kids committed in the top 20. Six of them are I'm not coming to Texas. Like they've committed elsewhere. So that's something that he needs to, to look at reel in, figure out what's going on with that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I mean, I think he was, he was very clear about that in the presser. I I really loved his statement that high school players in Texas, this is your program Mm -hmm. like that without saying it, he was really embracing that Texas is, you know, the flagship of the state and there's no reason we should be losing. And like, let's be honest. I mean, OU kicks our ass in recruiting as far as taking Texas players A&M out recruited us. And I mean, that's showing up. So there is no excuse for a school like the university of Texas to lose out on the best players to A&M in Bryan college station by God, there's no reason. And, and I do think that this is going to give us that much needed boost kind of, Hermit had lost the sizzle, obviously, and there were so much, so many questions surrounding his tenure and, and his abilities. Let's put that all behind us. I think we are going to see that initial boost, but we've got to capitalize on it. And, and I think that's one thing that we can all agree. Sarkeesian's got a real short leash here, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's got to win and he's got to win fast. The upside is we have the talent to do it. 
if he can get a few of the O-line guys in, I, I think we can make a deep run pretty early on and pretty quick. Right. Um, so definitely looking at that. You know, we're even seeing some recruits, some some heavy recruits. Reuben Owens in, in the class of 23, he's been perking up. The Black Unicorn's been perking up about Texas. We've seen a lot of recruits mentioning Texas. Rocky, I think you mentioned this earlier. Like, holy crap, we're dominating the news cycle. Twitter's been going crazy, Twitter and Instagram, with, with kids that had kind of overlooked Texas and, and didn't think Texas would be a thing. All of a sudden... We got that sizzle back. So yeah, and well, honestly, like we can't like we'd be remiss if we overlooked the fact that our own players are like, excited and tweeting and posting on Instagram and doing the stories and all of that stuff. I think you don't think these high school kids watch that? Of course right. they do. So they're unbeknownst to them, like they're just excited about their their program, but they're actually doing some like recruiting for us. You know, maybe not on purpose. Oh, they know. I mean, it trickles down. And then we're seeing like former players at the press conference, Vince Young, Michael Huff, Colt Colt McCoy. McCoy. Oh my. Like, (laughs) Hey man, Vance Bedford has been hyped up about this hire. He's been talking about it pretty openly on Twitter. Sign me up. Let me play coach. He's excited and hyped about it. So I'm I'm loving that. And Sark had a Zoom meeting with over 200 former players and athletes, like to bring them in. And Vance Bedford's like, just got off the Zoom call and sign me up, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. I, again, I think that's from Texas. <laughs> that speaks to that. You know, that kind of rings true of what Mac did when he first got here. Bingo. He talked to Coach Royal. He brought Coach Royal back in the fold. We saw Sarkeesian meet up with Earl Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, you know, no. <laughs> Uh, not so much a secret that Campbell was not a fan of Tom Herman. Um, so bringing Earl Campbell back into the fold, bringing one of, you know, one of your two Heisman winners back into the fold and getting him excited again. Well, and a two-time Heisman, no- or, well, uh, Heisman nominees and Vince Young and Colt McCoy. He's digging into Texas history and what makes us the storied program that we once were, that we need to be again. Right. That's a very, and that is huge. I love to see it. He yeah. said the right things. Texas is the flagship university. You know, we got to keep the players in state high school football coaches. He addressed the donors. He addressed the alumni. He said, you know, he's turned down big jobs and we know he's been considered for NFL and other coaching jobs, but he had to say yes to Texas dream job, you know, so he's doing saying all the right things. Um, here's, I just want you to listen to this one thing and tell me what you think. Go achieve the greatness that we want to achieve to Longhorn Nation. Uh, it's time to go to work. Uh, and clearly you guys have probably seen my mantra. This work will be all gas and no breaks. All gas and no breaks. <laughs> Zero breaks, sir. <laughs> Do you, you love like that? that? All I, gas, no breaks. It looks, okay, real quick. I like it. I've, I've talked to some social media people that are like, God, it's so cheesy, but it's you know, so what? Cheesy. It, is it is so cheesy. cheesy. But you know what? It's playing. It's easy I, to remember. It's a thing he's been doing for forever. And you like know, when row you, the boat. <laughs> I noticed that when you see parents and when you see players and when you see former players tweeting out all gas, no breaks, it man, works. it's memorable. They're it's buying working. in, you know, They're buying in and it's working. And, and, and I love that, you know, and you've got to admit, Texas has pissed off a lot of fan bases with this hire. And to me, that says we're doing something right. Yes. You know, exactly. you're, you're, you're watching the Aggies get pretty pissed off about this hire. I, I saw oh, something pretty wow. funny. I can't remember who said this, but you know, we're hiring so many Alabama coaches that AM is going to have to start cheering for us soon. You gotta love that. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we've seen, so AM 
Eminem is coming out. OU, of course, is coming out of the woodwork. But listen, I don't buy into the rhetoric of like other people are talking about it because they're scared. I think that's that's no rhetoric. unless you're an Aggie. Like and no, not even scared. Aggie. I think it's stupid. AM's a better team than we are right now. Period. It's no, that's a cop out. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't love that that rhetoric, right? When people say, oh, you're, you're just saying this because you're scared. I don't agree with that. But I will say this hire has gotten a lot of people's attention. And when you're watching these fan bases, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, OU, A&M, get real riled up about this and talking about it a lot and trying to poke holes in, in, in these hires and where we're mm-hmm. at. Uh-huh. Yeah. To me, that means we're doing something right. And and I'm loving it. We haven't had this juice in well, a every, while. Yeah. Everybody yeah, likes I saw it. this raggedy old lady from Ohio State try to say, is Texas gonna change their colors to crimson too or something like that? I'm like, glad you're worried about what Texas is doing. Why don't you go back to shoveling snow? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and again, listen, you just because you just lost to my coach by like 30 some points. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you hire the best. And look, it, it's no secret. Texas has not lived up to expectations. Texas hasn't lived up to the brand in a while. No. So am right. I mad about going and getting a bunch of Bama coaches that know how to win? Hell no. Fuck it. Like we we we're at where we're at. And it's inexcusable for a program like Texas. So you go out and you hire the best. That doesn't hurt my feelings. Right. Take them all. I'm sure Saban is either super pissed or about to retire and doesn't care. Yeah. Like, I think those are the two options there. I mean, it, when you have the the rehab program that he has, like the, the goal is for the, to them to like leave the nest eventually. So I, yeah. I think Saban's yeah. fine. There's oh gosh, he is not worried. For Saban, now too, so. I, I do want to say this. I think the level-headed Oklahoma fans are a little excited to a degree about this hire because the conference is better. And I know we can go into that all we want, but the conference is better and we get more, we get more like props, like in voting when Texas and OU are both competitive and it's just more fun. I'll take it beyond that. College football is better when Texas and OU are are solid national programs. The East coast. And that's boring. Like it needs to, the, the, the wealth needs to spread a bit. Texas needs to be a better team for college football in general to be better. Texas is a blue blood and we need to get back to being there. We need yeah. to get back. Yeah. To, like to, we're, t- we're hanging by a thread or right. right. college. All football right. Well, let's go to work. That's yeah. I love it. Let's, let's do it. Let's go to work. All <laughs> gas. Zero breaks. <laughs> I love it. All, All right. Gas, so no breaks. Speaking of work, we got to talk real quick before we wrap up about our men's basketball Definitely climbing. Number four, t- uh, men's basketball took on Texas Tech, number 13 at home. Uh, drop the ball. Drop the ball. Womp, Literally. Womp. Well, since we last talked, they went on the road. Andrew Jones hit his thousandth career point at oh. Texas, dropped a three pointer for the win on the road at West Virginia. Like you had talked about earlier, Hannah, we were, there's going to be a letdown, a learning moment. This was it. And yep. I feel like we had talked about this on our own message chats that this is kind of different because we don't feel like we still feel like they're a really great team that can learn a lot by tweaking a few things. They've, you know, a few free throws made instead of missed. And yeah. they, they, free throws were killing us this game. Got and look, got I went at home. Ugh. I will fight anyone all day, every day. Andrew Jones continues oh. to be the most inspiring and incredible story. He's in and I would say that. in sport, man, just watching this kid's yes. resilience and his recovery and 
where he was with his rehab and is, is coming back from leukemia to where he is now, this kid is improving every single game. And, and yeah. look, I will say I was, I was pissed about the loss, right? That's a game we should have won. But what I will say about where this Texas team is and how it feels different, it used to be when Texas would lose games like this, it was like, oh, well, it's basketball. We were supposed to, you know, whatever. Or a football school. Getting pissed at a loss that I think we should have won. I haven't felt like that about Texas basketball in a long ass time. And I'm kind of excited that I'm mad. You were students for sure. I think it was more frustrating watching the game, right? We were all watching and I felt like they were all gas, no breaks first half. God. Andrew Jones was lighting him up. Uh, Sims was everywhere. Like the rebounding was great. They were shutting, they scored almost as many points in the first half that Tech gives up the whole game, right? Had come right. and giving up the whole game. And then they went to cruise control. Well, look, credit Chris Beard, they stopped who was an incredible on coach. Yeah. Credit Chris Beard for the adjustments that he made at halftime. I agree. Like he, he, picked up the pace with his team that defense was pressuring the whole time I think that's where Texas excelled initially is that RD was super hot and giving that pressure and Tech didn't know how to handle it and at halftime they made a really solid adjustment and then it turned into this you know I agree Texas kind of let off got a little comfortable and then they got themselves into a position where they weren't in control anymore and that's where we see the free throws start to hurt us that's where we see the three-pointers not going in when, when it's a force thing that we have to do it, Texas is not strong in that position with their right. free throws, with their three pointers. Yeah. We're, we're not naturally think aggressive in that way. Um, I, a couple of things I will say, I'm glad that our earlier game with Baylor was postponed and we played tech first and then Baylor, because I think that it could have been uglier had we played Baylor and then tech. Um, tech is a formidable opponent. Let's just, get that yeah, out in the open they what, went to the championships yeah last like, yeah um obviously they're very well coached they're gonna be ready they hate texas um my concern watching this team and just knowing where we've been is and i mentioned this to you guys i don't want this to be like kind of like our like uh <laughs> that tipping point in the season that we've all seen happen like i want it to be a learning moment no, okay, we did this wrong. If we played two halves like we did the first half, we could have put this away handily. Hopefully they go with this and 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 bounce back. Yeah, I think this is a learning experience. Look, yeah, we talk about what we've seen from past Texas teams. This feels different, you know. And again, we we can talk about the eyeball test all we want. That that's we knew they would drop a conference game eventually. Yeah. Clearly unreliable, quote unquote, stat, right? But right. this Texas team fights back in ways that I haven't seen from Texas basketball in a really long time. And they're disciplined. Yeah. And, and again, they're and they're cohesive in a way that our teams right. haven't been. Coleman stepping up. Everybody knows their role, right? Greg Brown no. is steadily improving every game. He's a beast to begin with, steadily improving every game. We're watching Coleman really come into his own. Courtney Ramey is stepping up. So you know, everybody I think knows their role and fits in well in, in a way that we haven't seen before. Right. So yeah, of course there's that little bit of like, oh God, <laughs> here comes yeah. the Texas team we all know. I, I don't know 
that's the, we been, that's the we would have been like it, it, it's not even like logical to think that we would have gone through big 12 play undefeated we knew that there was gonna they were gonna drop a conference is, game at some point right and the big 12 is the toughest basketball conference in yeah. the nation period there's no question about yeah. that so yeah i mean we still have a lot of tough games coming up i i i don't think there are any teams in the big 12 that we play that are a gimme right there's no if we lose another game, it's not going to be like, ah, you know, that definitely shouldn't happen with the exception of maybe K-State. Right? Which is this like, Saturday at home, right? This Saturday. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think our next game is going to be very telling uh, with how the team responds right. like to, a, to a game hopefully that they quote like unquote K- should have won at home. Hopefully it's our K-State football game, but in basketball. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's be real telling. I do think Texas bounces back and look, I think Texas is positioned well to take the big 12 and make a deep tournament run. And, and that's okay. really exciting. That's fun to see from this team. We haven't seen it in a long time. Well, Shaka's hair is glorious. And as long as he keeps it nice and fluffy and gorgeous, I think they'll be fine. (laughs) The hair plays. We're we're cheering for them. Um, The women held on to win tonight. So that's good. Um, So let's, let's wrap up. So this was part one. We have so much to talk about this week that we're making this episode two parts. This is part one, part two, we're going to drop soon. And it's, we're going to talk Westlake. Um, the dodgeball, uh, Todd and Riley Dodge. We'll talk about the Westlake championship game. We're going to talk NSL. So we'll see you in part two. <laughs> so for now, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And I'm Hannah. And we are Fire the Cannon. <laughs>